Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need home title lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. So just rolling out of Iowa, we have the, uh, the, the debates in New Hampshire last night and Trump's acquittal this week. And I think it's necessary to use uh, air quotes whenever saying that. I, I'm not a huge fan of air quotes, except when they're, you know, you're letting someone know that the word you're using, you don't actually mean it has no justification in reality so i'm, I'm gonna go with uh acquittal um most of the time since uh no witnesses no documents not a real trial uh rigged from the start i, I would do the same thing with trial um or any of those other situations when somebody was clearly corrupt or in on a rico thing had somehow rigged the jury and uh, made sure that they were you know they were going to vote his way or end up sleeping with the fishes or something like that in a some sort of gangster movie. Anyway, so the, the point is uh, the acquittal happened this week and Trump's response to the acquittal um, was exactly what you would su- suspect, I think. By the way, he hasn't. The Mueller situation was uh, completely separate. Um, it was uh, basically over. He had he had gotten away with it. He had dodged the bullet. And then like OJ, he had to go into the hotel room with guns ablazing, trying to get his stuff back because he was angry. The the Ukrainian scandal started last August in the public eye. There was no three years to this. He keeps stacking crimes and then making it seem like everybody is is to blame for, you know, haggling about stuff. Okay, and again, uh, just to be clear for everybody in the cheap seats, uh, I know I've said this before, but and I, I shouldn't have to say it again, but um, you can't leak a lie. Just for the record, anything they say is leaked, that's leaked, that got leaked, who leaked that, and we need to find out who leaked that. That's an admission that it's true. You can't leak the truth. You can't leak a lie. You cannot leak a lie. If it's a lie, it's just a lie. Just lying. It doesn't get leaked. It doesn't because it doesn't exist outside of the person who's lying's head. If that makes sense, All right? All right. There we go. Really? Yes. It's it's only his strength and virility and good genes and uh, his uh, makeup that allowed him to blaze through this. All right. I, by the way, being vicious and mean isn't actually a. a thing you do it's just it's a character trait but i miss at what i guess this just points to trump thinks that being vicious and mean is technically a skill that someone acquires all right apparently they're vicious who else oh and, and adam schiff is vicious just so you know that's one of his that's one of his uh regular statements he, he says that at at rallies and like gets a big laugh so he thought he'd check it out in front of the, the home crowd. You did a fantastic job, Mitch, rigging the entire thing. So just amazing. And then Trump, of course, whoops. Oh, be quiet. Don't play that. Yes, we know that story with uh, New York Times. Thank you for helping us out. Um, the, you know, the idea that he's been acquitted and that you could even call an acquittal is kind of is clearly embarrassing. Um, to any adult 
listening. But uh, it it is all he needed. Um, he has now uh, fired not only Sondland, uh, the ambassador to the EU, who was, by the way, doing a job he wasn't supposed to be doing with Ukraine, effectively um, uh, <laughs> circumventing the normal order of, uh, of diplomacy um, because the ambassador to Ukraine and the envoys to Ukraine were all balking at, at the president's obvious meddling in another country and this weird obsession he has with pretending that the, the it was Ukraine that interfered in the election. It wasn't Russia. So we should just leave Russia alone, remove all the sanctions, let them go back to be, let them join the G8. Who cares? You know what? Because it's Ukraine that's corrupt. And all he cares about is corruption. I don't care about politics. I don't care about anything. I care about corruption. Okay. Okay. I care about, okay, corruption. Um, that's why I'm having five dinners with Vladimir Putin, who makes $143,000 a year, but has a magically a $200 billion net worth and has <clears throat> loaned me money through the Troika, through the, uh, the German bank, specifically Deutsche Bank, who has just fined a half a billion dollars for laundering $2 billion uh, of uh, Russian money. At a weird time when um, Trump got $600 million in fresh loans when no one else would give it to him. And curiously enough, when the software that was put in place after 9-11 for Deutsche Bank to keep track of um, odd trades and weird money coming and going within their banking system seemed to be on the fritz for a decade. How odd. I can't imagine something. As a, mm. So... Uh, yeah. So anyways, now he feels, uh, unrestrained. He, he, nobody's surprised that he fired Sondland. Sondland, you know, the minute Sondland's on tape saying quid pro quo, Sondland made a, a campaign ad for whoever the Dem's going to be. And, uh, and that sealed his fate. Let's just be honest about that. Uh, he, he fired, um, Colonel Vinman. He also fired his twin brother, largely because I guess he doesn't trust that it's not Vinman walking around. Like, can you imagine the paranoid Trump going, oh, we sure, we sure. Hey, Eugene, he didn't turn around. It's not the twin. It's not, it's not the twin, okay. I can, these eyes, probably the best in the world, can spot a twin. I know twins when I see them. I don't trust them. They have psychic ability. You, if you poke one with a pen, the other one goes, ow, I don't like it. So um, so he fired the brothers, Vindman, because I guess he views that the, the brother's going to be a spy from whatever. I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing and childish and silly and ridiculous. And, and they're calling it a Friday night massacre. Now, I, I would say it's cleanup and there is no, uh, yeah, justifiable saying they talk in twin talk. It's the worst. You know what I mean? Because they it's like um, when um, Google created AI and they had it, it two different AI systems and they created their own language instantly and they had to shut them off before they took over the Internet and destroyed us all and blacked out the sky and made us all into batteries. And um, <laughs> it's that language. That's that's uh, if you hear the the Vinman brothers chirping. Um, a, congratulations, you can hear um, sounds that only dogs can hear. And secondly, you're, you're, you're hearing twin talk that they can apparently subvert the White House's anti-spy technology. I don't know what you would call it. Anyways, so he fired uh, Benman and his twin brother largely just because if he saw him, he'd go, what's he still doing here? Um, the... Um, it, it, it is no surprise at all that he is, um, that he's been, you know, planning this for a while. Um, and it, uh, a bunch of people are talking about how it's illegal for him to do it. It's, um, the, the reality is since it's after the fact, it doesn't fall into that, uh, category. He's there, there's no legal ramifications for him getting rid of these folks at all. Um, so that's that's a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth. 
Should they go? No. But they, like, yeah, Patrick and our, uh, from Facebook are saying they, they're better off. Absolutely. I tail, tailgate knitting. Hello, everybody. Um, so the, in, in reality, folks, this uh, f- don't get out over your skis thinking that this is, uh, you know, somehow going to be a, you know, another scandal that's going to turn into something. It flatly is not. Um, there is a. um this will continue. There will be other people who are slowly, but surely purged um, the from these. Who are and um, and no one should be surprised at all that uh, that they're going to comb through some of these folks. Um, the reality, though, is that. Oh, and we got to take a break. Um, and I think Johnny Million might be joining us after the break. We'll see. Um, he's going to be with us at some point. We'll see. Um, but there is. Uh, there's no legal recourse to him getting rid of these folks at this point. Just to be abundantly clear. These, you know, these these now fall into the run of the mill, you know, rehashing about who you want in your administration and that kind of stuff. And it is no surprise that all three of these people are going and a bunch of others are going to go with them um, over time. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. I want to thank all of our patrons. Thank you guys so much um, for being in there and sticking with us. And uh, and all the new ones that have come on board lately, you guys are great. We have a goal of 500 for the show. We're growing exponentially, and it's because of you guys. So I thank you very much. We'll be back right after this. Trump spoke at the prayer breakfast again. Oh, Lord. Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you notice your wrinkles and large under eye bags. You rummage through your bag thinking, where's your secret weapon? And there it is, Plexiderm. You apply the clear serum under your eyes and boom, two minutes later, you start seeing the under eye bags and wrinkles disappearing in front of your eyes. You'll look years younger. Plexiderm is the clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. Go to triplexiderm.com and enter Voices for 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter Voices at triplexiderm.com to get 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. This offer is also available by calling 1 800 685 1292 and mention code Voices. Plexiderm is backed by a 90 day money back guarantee, so to get our special discount, enter Voices at triplexiderm.com. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Absolutely. So uh, Johnny Million will be joining us in just a split second. Um, Trump, um, Trump speaking at the prayer breakfast has always been one of those curious um, things, I think, for a lot of us, like, you know, and it's sort of a, a human oxymoronic moment. You know, what the hell is he doing there and why in the world would those people welcome him? The, you know, and, and I've spoken of this before, but I think it, well, first of all, let's hear a little bit of what he, what he sounds like. Shall we? Let's, let's see how excited he sounds to be at the prayer breakfast. Let's see if he doesn't sound like, um, uh, Hemophiliacal vampire walking on uh, glass blessed by a priest. This uh, long, they give him a big standing ovation, by the way, for just being able to walk in the door. Listen to the brightness in his voice. It's just the exuberance, the, the vim, the vigor. Are you talking about my bathroom break? No. <laughs> talking about Trump's. This is. Trump has this thing where he's uh, revenge tour. Yeah. Well, no, this is the prayer breakfast. This is from when he's at the prayer breakfast. So oh, making um, fun of uh, Christ's words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fugel saying was pretty happy about that. Why? What is that? What's happening? I couldn't avoid but do homework for this week's show. Jesus. Right. Listen, listen, how ragged. Uh, honest to God, like I, you know, I'm not one of those people who like goes on the whole, like, um, you know, and mental decline. Makeup. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's another fun part. We'll get that in a second. I don't know why this is skippy, but we'll see it. This is him being exhausted and annoyed. Why are you? Why is it uh, this way? I was about to say I'm not hearing it. Yeah. Is that? Can you hear it now? 
Honestly, no. Okay. Weird. Can they hear it in Chicago? No, they can't hear it in Chicago. Okay, sorry, my bad. So I'll I'll uh, I'll add that uh, to the sound later. I didn't, I don't think so. So um, the you can hear it on YouTube though. That that worked. <laughs> I got one sound argument uh, figured out. But if you listen to um, like him in both of those situations, there is this. I mean, he just sounds bagged out in all of this, and I I think he's under the illusion. That uh, that because he was acquitted in such a way by the Republicans that he's just simply done of all this. Yeah, he's he's free of this and nobody's going to bother him about it again. Now he's he's been, uh, you know, cut loose. The, the stake has been pulled up and Cujo is free to run about the yard. And the reality is he he is not. Right. Come here, Pujo. Get up in the lap. Um, thank you. Thank you, Billy Hutchings. Uh, appreciate that. He's uh, super chatting for the Trump revenge tour announced at the prayer breakfast fund. Yeah. Cause that's the perfect place. Yep. Um, the, uh, Trump is under the, uh, the illusion somehow that this is that being acquitted in this form by the Senate was a good thing for him. And I'm here to tell you, it wasn't, I'm here to tell you that they could have, and I, you know, I mentioned this before, and I hate helping people strategize who I am against, but I have a pet peeve about people who can't lie well and people who can't, um, like, I, and dumb criminals. Like, they make me upset. And oh, maybe man. it's just because there's a, like, just, you ever watch one of those dumb criminal shows on, you know. Oh, like, the, the, like world's dumbest criminal kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are just some of them that are just like not physically or menti- mentally up to the challenge of, of a life of crime, right? Yeah. But then there's some who like, I've got an idea, you know what I mean? Where they really think they've hatched some spe- spectacular loophole where they're going to the figure one. out. A, yeah, this is it. I've got, you know. I've got the perfect mask and and nobody would expect a guy in swim fins and then they have to run and uh, they weren't <laughs> expecting that kind of trouble, you know, and they never make it to the beach. Um, I, I, right. I get I get irritated when I watch those shows because I'm like, you could have fixed it with just this one little thing. You know what I mean? I do the same thing when I'm watching um, movies uh, that are supposed to be about smart people. Um, they aggravate me. The beautiful mind, limitless. I I enjoyed the movies, but parts of them drive me crazy simply because I'm like, yeah, the the writer isn't as smart as their character, and it shows. That's yeah, that's a real problem. Yeah, and and Trump a lot of times he s- seems to think that this solved his problem. That this that all he needed to do was get this acquittal, and that's. You know, and I think this goes back to his days of being in the New York real estate market where they would just game the system. If you could get the things thrown out, it wasn't really a, a matter of you being innocent or any of that. It just didn't matter anymore. Right. And you could say at the country club the next week or on the golf course or at some fundraiser that you didn't give any money to, but you sat on the stage anyways, you could you could do that. You could stand up there and yell at the guy that you, you know, that his uh, lawsuit got thrown out in court and you could effectively say, I beat you. You know, it was like it was puff rights. Yeah, but there but there really was not any, you know any reality to it, you know, it was just that you got it thrown out or there was a small technicality technicality in it that you managed to wiggle around. This is not, this is the third time he has claimed exoneration and none of them have been true. And, and I have to say, this is going to get this, this one I think is going to stack against him simply because Mitch McConnell is, certainly less popular than, uh, you know, probably the li- least popular um, oh, come on. of all the senators. Yeah. Well, uh, with, uh, with a shell, I suppose I should say <laughs> um, of all the, it was a shell. He's the least popular. Um, but there definitely is a, you know, 
there's a comeuppance coming from this. And a lot of it will be whoever the Dem is cutting ads against it, all the super PACs that are going to be cutting ads going up to it. Um, this is uh, a this is you know, this will not weigh in his favor. Um, also, James in our chat room says, what do you make of Bolton offering to testify in the impeachment trial, but not the House Intelligence Committee? Was he actually uh, going to do any damage to Trump? Um, yes, I, I, I thought so. I don't think he ever thought he was going to get asked. I think ultimately he knew because here's the thing. These guys talk to each other. Bolton and McConnell have been friends for years. Neither of them technically like Trump at all. They just look at him just like Putin does as a useful idiot. And so it, it, it is not out of the realm of possibility that Bolton knew that he could say, I would love to be a witness, knowing full well that, uh, that at no point, at no point was uh, Mitch McConnell going to call witnesses. Yeah. Because and then you're safe and it protect it protects your book sales. It allows you to uh, to pretend you were going to do the right thing, but they didn't let you. And now the book itself is the testimony that you were uh, you were going to give. But you were with, you know, they held you back. You know that that's obviously uh, what Bolton is up to and has been again, the idea that we as Democrats. I, I even tweeted this this week. I was like, at what point, you know, I, I was like, next week, you're going to worry about John Bolton's safety and you're going to call Mitt Romney a hero, said no one last week. Um, because for Pete's sake, we have we have found ourselves in a situation. And this is a lesson for Democrats before we go into the break. We have found ourselves in a position we are where we are making heroes out of average, normal, run-of-the-mill behavior by Republicans, but castigating the Democrats, the establishment, the Democratic Party for doing that and saying, this is the, this is the least I can do. All the Democrats, even Joe Manchin, voted to remove Trump from office based on the impeachment. None of them are being hailed as heroes because, of course, they should believe that way. Of course, they should feel that way. I'm going to I'm going to guess at least two of them didn't. And a bunch of them definitely thought it would put them in danger of not getting reelected. And all of them knew it wasn't going to pass. So but they don't get hero points. We're going to we're going to line up to clap Mitt Romney on the back. but. Forget about the people on our very own team. I mean, it's it's like it is literally like being on a football team and rooting for someone to make an accidental interception of your own pass and run it into uh, their end zone by mistake. All the Democrats that voted to remove this president this week deserve credit for that. All of them equal to or better than Mitt Romney because they live at that standard all the Every time. time. Yeah, that's yep. right. Romney just has this one little flash in the pan. Well, exactly. Romney comes out of it, you know, for one thing, because as a deacon of the Mormon church, he can't take an oath before God and then not answer to it. That's I mean, he would be held. He, that affects oh, yeah. his electability. Mormons actually do walk the walk. Yeah, they have to. Um, you know, at different day, we'll talk about the, what the standard is at certain point. But, um, but if you to everybody who's decrying the establishment and saying the Dems can't and the Dems don't, and who is a Democrat, by the way, people are Democrats are saying this. Um, the fact that they would look at you know, like oh, Mitt Romney, I can't, what a hero! Come on, we'll be back. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. W- Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. 
Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need home title lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Now let's get back with HealthSparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, let's. We love you, Lady B, wherever you are. She gets up early these days. So like a- That's so weird. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I, uh, the people who get up early in the morning, I don't even know what that's about. So sorry, the audio didn't play through um, when I was trying to put it together uh, before, but uh, thank God uh, Devin's there to the rescue. So he's got some of the footage uh, or some of the audio from um, from the prayer breakfast. Just play it at the top of when he and en- when he starts giving his remarks and everybody just listen to the quality of his voice that that verve, those good genes that uh, I, who needs to go to Walter Reed, not me. Um, voice quality. Well, thank you very much. I'm working very hard for you, I will tell you. Oh, God. And sometimes you don't make it easy, and I certainly don't make it easy on you. (laughs) And I will continue that tradition, if I might, this morning. And, Arthur, I don't know if I agree with you. (laughs) But I don't know if Arthur's going to like what I'm going to (laughs) say. Hold for a second. Pause it for a second. Devin, so um, what he's talking about there is Arthur, the guy who uh, just spoke before him um, was talking about how they need to lead with love and they need to message to people who don't normally believe what they believe to try and uh, um, and try to reach those folks using love. That's what he was saying. I don't agree with you and you're not going to like what I'm going to have to say. So keep playing it. Yeah, David, thanks. But I love listening to you. It's really great. Thank you very much. And thank you, Congressman, for the great job you've been doing and the relationship and uh, the help. You're a warrior. Thank you very much. And Kevin, you're a warrior. Thank you. The job you've done is incredible. It wasn't supposed to be that way. A lot of extra work unnecessary work. It's wonderful to be with the thousands of religious believers for the 68th annual National Prayer Breakfast. I've been here from Listen to this. the first what? one where I had the privilege of being asked. I've been with you for a long time before that. And uh, we've made tremendous progress. Tremendous progress. Okay, hold right there. What so, um, it, just just for the record, Trump wasn't at the first prayer breakfast. <laughs> just just so you know. And he has not been with them throughout this whole thing, whatever. He means he went to the first one as president and he's been going to it ever since. So he's done, what, three of them? And, <laughs> and it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, there we go. So uh, continue for a moment. We've done... I don't think anybody's done more than all of us together during this last three years. And it's been my honor. But this morning we come together as one nation blessed to live in freedom and grateful to worship in peace. As everybody knows, my family, our great country, and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. They have done everything possible to destroy us and by so doing very badly hurt our nation. Really? They know what they are doing is wrong. Because I and the nation are one. Far ahead of our great country. Weeks ago and again yesterday, courageous Republican politicians and leaders courageous. had the wisdom, fortitude and strength to do what everyone 
knows was right. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Wow. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Okay, that that's the crux of the speech. Holy smokes. That this guy. Yeah. Who uh, knows who can quote both Corinthians. This guy who the the illusion of piety is bad enough when people do it just kind of in general. But when you've got a, a lifelong unrepentant sinner like Donald Trump, who does not go to church unless he's forced to and basically dozes off if he even has to look in the direction of an actual sermon for very long and it literally has the energy of like a nine year old um, in church and always has has and doesn't believe he, uh, for example, has to ask for forgiveness which is the essence of Christianity more than anything else. I mean, if for all the people who get down on Christianity as a faith system with this idea that, well, all you got to do is ask forgiveness and you it, suddenly the, your slate is clean and you can go back to doing whatever you want. No, you, you're supposed to genuinely mean it. You're supposed to genuinely make an effort. And the value of that clean slate that it gives you is only real if you genuinely mean it and you're trying to reset your life again. Because carrying around the weight of your sins all the time eventually drives people into what you would call like uh, sort of the normal walking version of a lifelong criminal. You know, anytime you hear an interview with some, you know, serial killer or some person who's been at a long line of crime in their life, They can tell you all the way back to the crimes they did when they were in school and how they felt doing it and how they felt they were bad and they're never any good. And the person, you know, they were always told that they were just a criminal or just a crook and they never had a chance to expunge that. Um, uh, And they always carry that with them. So eventually it becomes part of their identity. And that's that's what that seeks to solve in Christianity. That was, you know, it's what the what Catholic confession was always about. And. Because some people don't mean it or are or fake it or whatever is not indicative of the actual system itself. You know what I mean? Um, there's a dude who just tried to break a like a hiking record for the Appalachian Trail or whatever, and they found out he took a shortcut. That doesn't mean the record for the hiking the trail is now null and void for other people. It just means he cheated. It's it doesn't say anything about the trail. Um, it doesn't mean that the trail doesn't exist. Um, if, if you know what I mean? So the same thing is true of this. And so claiming piety and, 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 and literally saying, I never have to ask forgiveness. I have nothing to be forgiven for is the antithesis of the entire concept of Christianity. It really is like, and, and the fact that these, and, and I know that any of the people in that audience who view themselves as genuine um, know that. And the only thing most of them are floating on is this idea that as a, you know, that it's okay to lie for Christ if it means getting in certain people and, you know, making sure judges that are, uh, you know, anti-abortion get in. They don't care about anything else. Yeah. And Amos in our chat room says Trump thinks he's been crucified. That's the other part. It's just this, this idea that, you know, he puts himself on par with a martyr um, while talking to a bunch of people who worship a martyr is amazing. Um, so I like, yeah, anyways, we got, we got to take a break uh, at this point. Um, when we come back, I want to see if um, I can pull up the audio clip that I was playing earlier that apparently didn't go through, which was um, Trump, you know, hailing his acquittal and talking about how evil, evil, how evil um, the, you know, Pelosi and Schiff are. Oh, vicious, vicious. We'll be back. This is Tom Harvin, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT. 
We were just discussing in the break uh, about how um, Joe Scarborough was castigating the news media for reporting what Trump says as uh, as true and not uh, and, you know, announcing that it's lies and being very and Joe Scarborough journalism to me. Yeah, that's the the baseline. But uh, Scarborough let Trump on his show just call in and ramble practically daily for months and months leading up to the election. It was awkward. And he was talking the same crap. Uh, I mean, it's just, that part's absurd. Like I, I can't even. Um, so by the way, uh, as I, uh, was about to say before the break, go to sexyliberal.com slash tour and you will find that the Sexy Liberal Tour is back. We're back. First dates, Seattle, Washington, February 29th. Um, Then uh, March 21st at the Barrymore Theater, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm going to be doing the show from uh, Chicago that day. We probably will have a, yeah, March 21st. Um, I'm near Chicago. Wait a minute. Hang on. Oh, that's so weird. We should like all gather at some sort of like pizza place or something and have other people show up. And then we can all caravan up to Wisconsin for the show that night or something. I don't know. I like that idea. Um, mm -hmm. March 28th, Columbus, Ohio. April 4th, Washington, D.C. May 9th, Phoenix, Arizona. June 6th, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, June 13th, Miami, Florida, July 11th, Chicago, Illinois, right in the middle of it, right before the convention will be uh, in Chicago. Um, August 22nd will be in San Francisco, September 19th, Portland, Oregon, October 17th in New York. And right before the election, uh, I guess the the two Saturdays before the election, uh, L.A., October 24th. Um, t- tickets for some of them are already on sale at sexyliberal.com slash tour. Um, and then some of them are going on sale soon. We will let you know as they go, I'll be boosting and, and, and pushing the whole thing as best I can. Cause it would be great to be out there and see you again. It's me, John Fugelsang, Stephanie Miller and Frangela. Um, it's going to be a great time. We'll pl- have special guests. They're doing a live version of, uh, Steph's happy hour, um, at each of these shows so that it's, you know, they'll be podcasting at the tail end. It's going to be a great time. Um, we are doing Los Angeles. That is for sure. Um, the, the date is set. I'm, uh, tickets are not on sale yet and stuff. Uh, and, but, um, we're going to hit, and there will be more cities added still. So, uh, sexyliberal.com slash tour is where you get your tickets. Um, it will be up to me and probably Frangela and Fugelsang to sell all the tickets since free speech TV won't let Stephanie talk about it. Uh, cause you can't sell your own stuff on there. I don't understand it. Um, but there you go. Uh, so anyways, uh, just, uh, keep that link in mind, send it around to your friends, tweet it out, go to sexyliberal.com slash tour and, uh, Give us a boost if you could. I appreciate it greatly. And um, so, and I don't, 773-763-9278 is our number. I want to start talking a little bit about the the debates last night. Um, did you watch Johnny Million? Last night, I yes. did not watch the debates. Understood. So, um, I, uh, I liked the debate last night. I thought everybody Yay. did a pretty solid um showing uh, across the board um you know there definitely felt like moments where like is andrew yang even there are we gonna let him talk and then there were moments where they let him talk and he was like oh i wasn't expecting anybody to call on me so i'm not quite ready for this you know (laughs) at one at one point he said um you know people root for the american president and he's like well of course american president sorry about that (laughs) you know because he was he's like well yeah of course the americans are our president, but I don't know why I said American president, you know, like, <laughs> that movie. I a, yeah, I, I get one of my negatives is a bunch of weirdos thinking that I'm exotic because I'm Asian and therefore outside the norm. And then I go ahead and say American president and add fuel to that fire. I mean, that's, that's what all of them have. Um, um, and, and chat room, what was your thoughts on the debate overall? So Robin Brassel says Steyer had his best debate. Uh, was that his only debate? No, he was in the other one. He was in one more. Um, I, 
interestingly enough, and this was my feeling about Steyer on this, truthfully, was that it seemed like he was up there as a sheepdog to get the Democrats to behave in a way that would convince him as somebody who's going to donate to donate to their campaign. Oh, wow. Like, guys, it, it, and he made a point that I've made several times, which is hot dogs is, are not sandwiches. That's right. Absolutely. Finally, that's it is not a round hoagie. Don't, no matter what anyone tells you, it's absurd. Um, uh, Chicago style all the way. Just saying. But um, it, he was making the, the point that there he, he kept saying over and over again, none of us have any real differences in terms of uh, the you know climate change or income inequality or racial issues or even health care. There is a hair's breadth between all of these these candidates and um, quite frankly, and right on the nose, both Warren and Sanders, after pushing Medicare for all early in the in the process, hard and heavy and saying that that's the differentiating factor, have both fallen back to effectively what the Biden system is. They are doing exactly what Biden has been saying all along, which is you're allowed to opt in. Uh, you provide Medicare if you want it. You keep private insurance. There's a period of time where uh, people can judge whether they would rather have, you know, Medicare for all or the or a buy in um, of some sort into, you know, it, or ha- or keep their rather keep their private insurance. With the idea that eventually most people will prefer having a single payer system that they that they trust and it will have time to grow and handle the workload and the infrastructure that needs to be built to deal with, you know, 330 million people being on Medicare and not, you know, 60. And so this this has been it was it was effectively Clinton's approach. It has been Biden's approach from the very beginning. It is effectively uh, like I think the one furthest, you know, away from it is Buttigieg. And his is still just, uh, you know, the availability of it in a factor. And there's a hair's breadth between him and Biden on this. But both Warren and Sanders are both operating from the premise that uh, of the Biden system right now. But the idea is that eventually they'll be all in, but only if the public goes along with it, which is what Biden's been saying all along. Um, it is effectively what they were attempting to do with the Affordable Care Act, but it was scuttled by the blue dogs um, and every Republican again. Um, so again, there is a hair's breadth on all of these. N- there is not a single client. <laughs> There's not a single candidate that's on that stage that doesn't believe that we should deal with income inequality in one form or another. There is not a single candidate that doesn't believe that um, uh, the the uh, quality of minority communities should be a priority of the Democratic Party. None of them. They're all the same. And Steyer's biggest point the entire time he was up there was, I he kept saying, I keep hearing this argument. Every debate, I've heard it forever. But the question is, how are we going to beat Donald Trump? And he's like, we have to beat him on the economy. Um, and um, even, and by the way, Jim Filikowski says $15 minimum wage. Everybody is in for uh, raising the minimum wage and in effect a $15 minimum wage. The only difference is, do you, do you mandate it from the start or do you ease people in? That has been the only debate on the Democratic side. Raising the minimum wage is a is a priority of the Democratic Party, always has been. The question is, do you try to do it by a $15 fiat on a federal level? And can you get that done if you don't have an, enough control of the Senate? Um, the Senate, as it stands, never happened. <clears throat> but you could get it to 12, perhaps, um, or 13 and try to and set a structure where it grows over the next you know 10 years to 15, that kind of thing. That's the only argument, not whether or not it's a good idea, but how best to implement it. And Steyer's biggest argument the entire time um, was, uh, you know, how are you going to beat Trump? And uh, um, Amos says, Bernie laid out how to go after Trump. You um, call out his lies. Every single Democrat calls out the fact that that 
uh, Trump is a liar. Every single one. The, the difference is, and this is Steyer's point, was we need to beat him on the economy. And right now, it's effectively, quote unquote, booming. So if you can't explain why his policies are a recipe for disaster on economic terms, because the stock market is artificially inflated right now. And if you don't believe me, it went up after the coronavirus outbreak happened. That's that's central banks flooding the markets with money to to keep people from panicking because there is no way that adding 10 or 15 days to the Chinese New Year holiday in China isn't going to affect the global availability of goods and and have a negative impact on trade all across the world. They're in, they're artificially inflating that to keep people from panicking about this. And we'll talk about that uh, after the top of the at the top of the next hour, because the coronavirus stuff is no joke. Um, but Styers is saying, how are we going to beat him? How what's your economic answer to how we deal with him and how we deal with the fact this isn't working for everybody, but it has the illusion of growth. And there's a trillion dollar deficit. The guy's prime in the pump. He can play Santa Claus all the way up to the election. How are you going to deal with that? We'll be back. You're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not was being so Video streaming at housefarms.com. I don't care for you if it's a putrid sludge you're trowling out. Damn, us face little pimp stick. True progressive talk. It might be a good time for you guys to give up. So um, I'm, I'm curious uh, if, uh, and I don't know if we have any callers, but uh, what people's takeaways were from the, we what? Oh, we have callers. Oh, well, all right, then. Well, let's take some of them because let's uh, deal with that. But I um, and then I do want to get to the coronavirus stuff at some point. And I, before we even start taking callers, people, wash your hands, clean common surfaces. If you uh, have come into contact with anybody who might have been traveling and, and, and got it or know somebody four steps away that might have gotten it and you're having shortness of breath, a fever, um, uh, a dry cough, get yourself checked out, self-isolate until then. Um, it's, it's, it's very bad, especially uh, it is hitting men extra hard. It might be the fact that um, men overwhelmingly in China smoke and it is, it is turning into a lung infection in a lot of people that end up dying from it. Um, and just treat it with the seriousness that is necessary around it. We, the, the, we, we had our first death in the U S from it. Um, and I'm going to say outright, whatever the Chinese government is saying, as far as numbers, I would multiply it by at least five, probably 10. Um, as far as contagion and deaths, it's just a good rule of thumb. Um, and I think most countries are operating on that premise. So uh, if you the whole thing about wearing a mask too, people wearing masks in public or whatever, most of what that does is keep you from touching your face. Most people contract diseases like this because they touch a surface, they touch their own nose or their eyes, and then that's how it gets in their system. So the mask isn't going to stop it from, you know, especially the nursing masks, isn't going to stop you from breathing it in or whatever. The main thing is, is that you're touching stuff and touching your face. Try to avoid that habit. The other thing is, and, and people are saying, yeah, use hand sanitizer every time you come and go from a building, have it in your car, that kind of thing. And if you're going to, you know, touch an uh, elevator button, use a pencil or something, you know, with, uh, you know, some sort of appendage or, or a gloved hand. Uh, it's just a good idea, especially right now. So that's my little public service announcement for everybody. I'm dead serious about this. Um I know everybody's saying that the flu is, quote unquote, more deadly. It has a 0.005 fatality rate, the flu does. So far, uh, the coronavirus has somewhere between 0.1 and 0.5. That that is a tremendous jump in fatalities based on the flu. The difference, the other thing is 
we have herd immunity from the flu. A lot of people just don't get the flu because it's similar to ones that they've had in the past, and therefore they've got the antibodies that are tough enough to fight it off, or they just are immune to it. We have no immunity to this coronavirus. It's brand new, um, and you don't. no one has antibodies for it, unlike the regular flu. So don't take it for granted. Well, I never get the flu. I should be fine or whatever. Be extra vigilant. I'm just saying. There you go. That's uh, seriously. All right. Uh, let's take some calls, though. Who do we have, Devin? First, we have Robert out in Florida. Oh, great. Hey, Robert. Hey, how are you doing? What's up, brother? I'm good. Can you hear me? Right. Yeah, so go what ahead. What you're saying is don't let door handles and go to Chinatown. And, you know, and that's what you're saying. About the I would say don't lick door hand. I think licking door handles anywhere, considering the uh, any of the reports <laughs> I've seen on fecal material throughout the years, is just generally not a good way to go. I will say also that unlike the flu, this virus has shown up in fecal material. It is spread, and, and in day six or seven, people have vomiting and diarrhea associated with it, which is you know often you know most people when they get the flu don't get to that point. Um, and it spreads that way. So yes, uh, ATMs, that's another one. Um, I don't know if the tellers are any cleaner or whatever, but if you're going to use an ATM, use uh, Purell. The other thing too is wash your hands before you go to the bathroom. If you're in a public place, if you go to a public restroom, wash your hands before you go to the bathroom because you are going to you've just touched handles and all this other stuff and then you're going to be touching your own body and then you're gonna like it's just a general good rule of thumb there you go all right all right uh that's really yeah. not the reason why i called but you know thanks for all this understood hey I, uh, if i save I your life it's worth it it's another <laughs> voter i can count on there you go there you go um no i want right. to tell you i called about Mitt romney and uh I, you know, I think his words will never, never be not heard. I think uh, I mean, what he did was put himself in, in history, you know, and, and there's not any part of that speech. Yeah, there's no question. Okay, but, uh, you know, you asked about, uh, you know, we should be giving the Democrats who are on the fence or maybe in red states or, you know, or would have got some backlash. I think Romney gave him cover. My dog's barking. The most, but, but I think uh, Romney's speech gave him cover. I mean... You know, it, you know, they could say, right. well, you know, look, the, the standard bearer of the Republican Party last time around, you know, he's saying this. So, you know what? I'm OK with my with my vote, you know, in reality. And, you know, and shame on and shame on all these Republicans at the prayer breakfast, not standing up and saying, listen, this is not the place for revenge. You know, this is just right. crazy. Did you hear it um, go crazy? I right, listen. I know you got a lot of callers and I, and I want to I, I got, I got yeah. my mobile here, so I got to I got to get off. But thanks. Sure. Thanks let me talk. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate it. I Yeah. I, I mean, the idea that he would come out there and just air his grievances in front of the prayer breakfast is uh, is of no surprise to anyone that the man is, at essence, petty. He's a petty human being, yeah. it, it, you know. And and again, you know, I will have this argument back and forth with people about the alleged narcissistic personality disorder that this dude allegedly has. And I'm here to tell you, I think he has low self-esteem, not, you know, uh, uh, delusions of grandeur. I think he's been hiding his weaknesses from himself and others the entirety of his life. And uh, I mean, you can't you can't make your hair do that every single day and not be depressed after every shower. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and like, it, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, yeah. That anybody, you know, who has scars that they deal with on their physical person or, you know, you know, people who have loose skin from weight loss and people who have like who have real genuine body issues know full well that there's this little bit of a even if you learn to accept it over time, there's this sigh that happens when you're like, damn it, you know, I wish this was better. You know, if you don't, don't like your know own, if his his possible low self esteem and narcissism have to be mutually exclusive, narcissists need to be constantly fed, even if they, uh, even if they realize they've got shortcomings, in order to 
help prop up their denial. Right. They, I'm just a purist about what narcissism is, because uh, to me, narcissism is egomania, you know, is this belief that I, I really am the chosen one. Whereas with him, it seems to be more like if people find out I'm not the chosen one, I'm doomed. You know what I mean? Like this, that, that is a real issue for him. You know, he, he definitely carries around this idea that he is not worth a damn. You could tell because he's just miserable about it. Um, and he can't give an inch, you know? And so, yeah, th- that's, that's just my own personal feelings about this. I've been, I've debated this a bunch of times with a bunch of different people. Um, that's, you know, that's just the reality. Um, and I, and I, no one has to agree with me on this, except for the fact that whether or not this makes him a narcissist or narcissistic personality disorder includes this or anything, Donald Trump has low self-esteem. Donald Trump hates his own reflection. Um, and Donald, and that's why trophy wives, for example, that's why he brags about trophy wives. That's why without money, none of this stuff, he knows that if he hadn't been born into money, he wouldn't have any of the stuff that he, you know, prides himself on having. He knows it. And so he can't, for a second, uh, let people know that he knows it. So that's that's just my own feeling about that order. Let's grab another. Uh, oh, actually, we have to take a break. It's we're at the quarter hour already. We'll take some more uh, calls right after this uh, break. And I'm dead serious about the coronavirus stuff, folks. Um, I'm not. It, it. I'm not. I don't want to panic anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel you know nervous to go outside. And certainly, you know, avoiding people of Asian descent is not your the issue here. The issue is. Wash your hands, clean common surfaces, keep yourself healthy, you know, up your dosage of vitamin C, whatever you do to make sure you don't uh, get sick during the holiday season. Take all of those precautions because it's important. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! Yay! Um, and I think we have a couple more callers in there, so I want to you know, see if we can get in. Is that correct? Yes, we do, Hal. Next, we got Dave out yeah, in San cool. Francisco. Okay, excellent. Hey, Dave. Oh, how the hell? Hey, uh, two things. Uh, you know, Trump is yeah. our employee, and for like the Say, like, you got a listener up there in Chicago, some guy wakes up in a dumpster with a broken transistor radio with, like, uh, right. scrounged batteries. He is Trump's boss. We, the people, own this country. Yep. We hire a guy right. for four years to be manager. And he needs yep. to owe, we, he, need, he, he owes us documents. He owes us mm-hmm. records his job performance. He's hiding those records and he's claiming he's above uh, any kind of logic of releasing job performance. Now, that doesn't make any sense. The founding fathers started a country based upon that. I don't believe it. So, you know, it's pretty clear that the, you know, since this taxation with representation is the name of the game, that we the people own the country, so when we decide on April 15th to pool our money, we can buy ourselves mm-hmm. stuff, like hospitals or libraries or universities, right. Right. whatever. Fresh water systems. And when this mm-hmm. guy comes in and says, oh, it's okay to poison the fresh water system, that doesn't make any sense. So right. he owns us documents, and there's a lot of just standard stuff that needs to be maintained. He's running it like a slumlord, and he mm-hmm. owes us performance records. And and uh, so this whole idea, these jokes, I mean, Harvard has a lot of explaining to do about how they keep, uh, uh, who's that jackass that sat on his... Uh, uh, I can hear you. Know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, um, uh you mean as his lawyer? Let's not have him go down in history. Uh, right. Yeah, OJ's lawyer. Uh, yeah. Yes. So the whole point, I mean, we own the country. Yeah. Hey, one last thing. You know, uh, for the yeah. Chinese virus, you know, my, I, I think I told you this before. My dad's Santa Claus, right? So I got to ride along mm-hmm. a couple of times. And after Chernobyl, 
you know, we realized we better have some special boots, you know, for the reindeer. I mean, they can't mm-hmm. stand in northern Europe, you know, because no. of radioactivity all over the ground. So right. we, it's only gotten worse. And I'll tell you, the, the Claus Corporation needs real responsibility here. If you want presents, you better clean up your act. I, I will say, though, for the record, though, as extratemporal beings that uh, live outside of the space-time continuum and can, uh, you know, come and go from this plane of existence, um, both the reindeer, the elves, and Claus himself, um, I, I don't see him being in any real danger other than largely cosmetic. Um, so oh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry if I were they. Well, that's true. You could track it to other houses. That's right. Yeah, see, that's so really is a and then we got to have the dander yeah. Flanders. There was we had to have a whole new outfit for stop off points to be sprayed down. Oh, it was tough. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, country to country, especially nowadays that people want their own version of Santa Claus. That's a lot of work. So that's weird. That's so, good. Well, right. you know, thanks that, so much. Yeah, and so you, that easy pain. I'll tell you. Hold on. I don't know where that sounds coming from. Sorry. Stop that. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I was getting I audio in my it. other. Good. That's because it was from, uh, that was, that was from, yeah, no, it was actually in New York times close enough though. Um, <laughs> but thank you for the call. And, uh, I, I hope I make the nice list again this year. Uh, that was I made really it surreal. It was great. Um, and I get, you know how I know I made the nice list for the record. Mm-hmm. This is only, only people who are watching the, um, only people who are watching the, uh, uh, YouTube will know. This is how I know I made it. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. Um, that's how I know I made it. <laughs> all right, that's all I'm saying. You have to watch the that YouTube. If you don't, I'm not. It, yeah, you heard that. Um, so uh, let's. I think we have one more caller. Let's try and get him in by the. Uh, you know, because we're near the end. Uh. We got five minutes left, approximately. I think. Who do we have? Jonathan out in Devin? Boston. Cool. Hello. Hey, Jonathan. Hello. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey. You there? Yes. So, uh, I'm 100 percent in Bernie's camp, but never, never um, demonize another candidate. Yes, I will. I've always voted for whoever the nomination you. is. Yes. Huh? Remember, good call. I thought so. <laughs> but in my yeah, opinion, and I th- and again, I think I, I, you're part of the reason why I, you know, I was mentioning what I said earlier, which is I think that you know that there's a lot of spoilers out there, people who are not genuine, and I think the vast yeah, majority yeah. of uh, of Bernie supporters are much more uh, in line with what you're talking about. So yeah, go ahead. By the way, both we're both musicians, and I called about a, a Trump parody, ACDC parody that I did a while back. Mm-hmm. That's the same person, by the way. But anyhow, gotcha. So, um, <laughs> in my opinion, the DNC very well, well, I think they will, in my opinion, cause the loss of the election unless they're confronted and stopped. And this is why I'll give you two reasons why. One being, if, if whomever the nominee is can't mm-hmm. beat Bernie without any influence, how are they going to beat Trump? Or at least prove that they can build beat Bernie without any influence. Secondly, when people feel mistrust and cheated, that's what leads to them sitting out in the election. That's what led to the Bernie. You know, some of the Bernie bus people would have unified for sure. But when when it was exposed, I think that's what they felt. And I think that would be true with anybody, not just Bernie. Whomever you can. I, I think I, I have to say uh, my only my only pushback on that. Um, to, is uh, is well, it's sort of twofold. One is is this automatic um, idea that the DNC is influencing it against Bernie, and and uh, and that is more of a, a suspicion than a reality. I, it just frankly is. Even going back to um, to Hillary, because even in terms of Bernie, you being a you know he's not registered as a Democrat, even in his senatorial run. He's not a Democrat. He caucuses with Democrats, but he isn't one. And he's effectively using the DNC as a super PAC for his indie run. And the and the pushback from the DNC, I genuinely felt was the DNC is not going to pass up the opportunity to elect the first woman president 
who is a viable candidate and who's been a Democrat her and, you know, uh, her entire productive political life um, because of someone who is temporarily a Democrat just to use the infrastructure of it to run for president. And I think that's where the, the pushback towards Bernie came from. Ideas are no ideas. That's a worthwhile fight. But if that was anybody, that's why it was necessary. And the same thing if the if the Republicans had had a system in place like that um, in their own party, they wouldn't have had Trump. They would have been running someone who was legitimately in well, line with conservative to, values. I think they not tried to do the same thing with RNC, and Trump was just able to bypass them. He strong-armed them. Well, I largely because of his supporters, because his supporters right? were Trump or bust. Right. Because his yep. his because his supporters threatened Trump or bust, which is effectively what you're saying um, from the Bernie or bust yeah. people is the exact same activity. The other problem I have with that idea off, is that. Yeah, sure. Is it, one one second, though, is that if they're saying because I feel cheated by the DNC, the, the United States deserves Donald Trump, what he's done pushes that into a completely different qualification of behavior. But go ahead. Sorry, you got the last minute. I'm not saying they deserve him. I'm fearing that that could happen. You see what I'm saying? I'm just fearing. I'm just trying to express the fear and that that would happen. I, I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but I'm, but, I'm saying but also, that if that's the standard, yeah. if that's the standard of Bernie or bust folks, that's a horrible moral standard. Right, right. No, um, I, that. I don't agree with that. Either. Yeah. Um, so but, uh, we are. Oh, yeah. So from my perspective, following Bernie, it seems you correct me if I'm wrong. I think the suspicion. It seems like he is getting marauded, attacked, less and less. like so. No, you just right feel that way. It, 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 no, no. The, 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 honest to God, honest to God. Every everybody, look at uh, Warren's supporters. As soon as she hit the top spot. Warren supporters felt the exact same way. As soon as as Buttigieg hit number one and the one, he got he got he became lambasted as the leader. If you get if you're at the top anywhere in the top four, there's a there are three other groups hitting you all the time. It's not personal. The Bernie folks need to grow up in that respect, and everybody else needs to know you're going to take your hits. And that's just a reality. And if they can't take those hits and without saying it's subterfuge, again, that goes to can they fight Trump on his own ground? Uh, honest to God, any there's four front runners right now. Any one of them is getting hit by the other three. That's what life is right now. And the entire Republican Party. That's just reality. So there you go. Uh, I appreciate your calling, though. And I, I don't doubt that you're sincere in what you're saying. And I appreciate that. We, we'll see you guys next week. We're going to do the post show. Thanks so much. See you later, Johnny Million. Bye, Devin. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Stay tuned for Dick K. There you go.